Welcome to the RF Element of Unlicensed Podcast. We are back again. My name is Caleb, and of course, with always, we've got Tassos over here. Say hi, Tassos. What's up? Hi, Tassos. And today, we are joined by Jorge, all the way from also RF Elements. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone. (laughs) Thank you for having me today again. (laughs) So, quick music intro jam, and then we'll get to it. All right, guys, so we are back, back again, 2023. So uh, we've been a little uh, slow on our podcast updating schedule yet. Uh, last year, in the last year was kind of crazy. You know, we had Wispapalooza, which is always just chaos. Uh, got yep. back from that. We had Titan Fest, the holidays, and then now we're really just kind of want to wrap up, you know, what, what we saw last year, what we're looking forward to this year. And uh, we're going to talk with Jorge. He's got some cool new stuff coming up, uh, focusing on our Latin American market. So it's going to be a good time, good time. So uh, I guess as we get into it, Tassos, you want to give the good people out there their call to action? Yeah, absolutely. Don't forget to like, listen, and subscribe to our channel right here on YouTube or anywhere you download your audio podcasts like Apple, Google, or Spotify. Cool, cool. All right, so... I guess looking back, you know, last year, we don't want to spend too much time in memory lane, but, um, you know, it was a pretty active year in the old West market. A couple of things going on. I mean, you know, obviously still kind of working through the, the mass chaos from the COVID times. That, that seems to have pulled back, yep. got a little bit towards a normal or whatever we want to consider normal anymore. Definitely way more normal. Yeah, definitely. So... Uh, but you know, we've seen a lot of like really cool potential things, you know, working our way through, of course, you know, we had a, a number of podcasts last year about all the craziness and, you know, government funding competition. I mean, we talked about CBRS stuff a lot. We talked about Toronto coming up a lot and what that's doing in the market. Um, let's see what else, uh, of course, six gig, you know, six gig is a big one. We want to throw some information out there this week, uh, talk about six gig, where we are now, kind of what we're looking forward to on six gig, but. You know, I guess from a summary perspective, man, like, uh, you know, anything we want to really hit up in great detail here? Yeah, I mean, definitely uh, 6 gig. I think there's quite a bit to talk about that's getting uh, kind of exciting here. You know, uh, Cambium is now releasing their hardware. So like the 4600L, 4600 series uh, radios are out in the market. So a lot of people are testing. The feedback looks uh pretty promising so far as far as speeds, reliability, and stuff like that, even uh, its ability to handle the noise, which is really exciting. Um, you know, our horns, uh, our current 5 gigahertz horns, actually uh, quite a few of our antennas already work in the 6 gig range. Uh, quite a few Wists are already trying out our like symmetrical 30 degree horn. Uh, our ultra dishes and ultra horn are all performing really well in 6 gig. Um, clearly we have, you know, uh, we will have brand new SKUs for six gigahertz. So the whole line of symmetrical and asymmetrical that's specifically made from, you know, the six to seven or maybe five, nine to seven to one. I'm not sure what that exact spec is going to be, but, uh, that's going to be really cool. Uh, we've already seen prototypes and, you know, they're, they're itty bitty. They're much smaller than the original ones, you know, because the wavelength is uh, smaller. So the, the antennas get a little bit smaller. So that's kind of cool but uh yeah I, i'm really excited to you know what i'm seeing already in six gig especially with our horns and uh i think what we'll, we're going to see in the future yeah for sure uh i mean the 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 testing we've seen in six gig with the 4600 stuff like uh really noisy areas like point to point links you know people are just killing it especially using the ultra horn you know not a lot of uh, noise in six gig yet obviously but we've had some people kind of generate their own you know in these test areas just it, to see what is it going to do you know mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, the results are having really cool. Um, starting to see some of the, the just insane seeds, what we're pulling on the access points and everything. So, uh, to put a little more color on it too. So, you know, the, the new products that we are releasing, so we're definitely releasing new horns for six, you know, that's definitely coming. Those will be closer to more release info and data once the ASC gets a little bit closer. Right. So when is that, uh, was, was a hashtag soon? Um, yeah, hashtag. <laughs> who knows, man? Yeah, yeah. Hashtag who the hell knows, right? So maybe later. Yeah, sometime later. So I don't know. What we're hearing now is probably going to be Q3. You know, into Q2, the, the AFC people get set up and ready to go and wait for the FCC to do their stuff. But I mean, again, this has been, you know, uh, two quarters, three quarters away, plus, plus. We just add a quarter every quarter we go into. So we'll announce a lot more details as to what those new products keys are all look like, specs and pricing and all that stuff a little bit further down the road. But we do want to point out, hey, all this stuff's coming. We're getting a lot of questions now. Again, like Tasso said, uh, for the ones that are testing now, so we specifically went and tested uh, several products that we knew that would work in this upper band uh, to get some official specs. So the Symmetric 30 Horn, the Ultra Dishes, and the Ultra Horns, we have tested. They're good up to 60, 70, 75, which covers most of that outdoor range. Beyond that, you really don't want to really run it beyond that. The patterns fall apart, VSWR gets too high, so on and so forth. But for those three lines... We've updated, we've updated the spec sheets as well. So if you don't remember, just look at the spec sheets. They're up to date. Those new ranges are shown in that spec sheet as well. So if you're testing with stuff, um, it is definitely available. And give it a shot. Let us know. Like, we'd love to hear the feedback and stuff, right? Things, yeah. especially if, you know, folks start testing, like, the split sector functionality. Um, again, really see how this is doing for, for speed. We've got a lot of interest, people looking to use the Ultra Dish uh, with the 4600C, and our EPMP 2K adapter, you know, those are those, those that already works with that, right? So same four factor as some of the other variants before. So uh, what we're waiting for now is sort of some long distance results or running those really high SMRs, right? So if you're willing to run those 1024 qualm, 4096 qualm leagues, you're definitely going to need a really high SNR. And one of the best ways to do that is with you know, high quality 27 dBi dish and running with that tpa and let us know man we're, we're super excited to kind of see what those results are going to look like so yeah. we got that it looks like the five gig stuff's going to be coming just down the road before too much longer as well we're excited to see what those results are going to be especially in noisy areas you know there's there's tons of noise in five gig to play around with and i'm really excited to see how well that ax platform works in those noisy five gig areas uh, especially can then do a like for like comparison against an existing system, you know, like a 3000 or a prism or something like that. So, you know, it's not necessarily magic, but there's a lot of really cool stuff in the AX protocols that they're utilizing in here that should give us some really cool, crazy kind of performance for sure. So, yeah. What do you see about eight? Like in, in, uh, Latin America, I mean, do you have a six gig out there? I mean, I, I know there's a lot of Mimosa customers that uh, were, they use Mimosa out there because it goes up to 6.4. I don't 6. think it's 4. exactly legal, right, or whatever, but what's the 6 gig spectrum? Is there any talks in uh, Latin America for that stuff? Yeah, there are uh, actually Brazil was the yeah. first one already that they did the first outdoor test for the 6 gigahertz already. So in Brazil, it's definitely moving forward uh, with Camus. Yeah. And on the rest of the countries, uh, Mexico, for example, which is one of our biggest markets uh, down there, it's definitely, uh, they said that by the end of February, uh, beginning of March, they should be already publishing the whole regulation of the six, uh, six gig. 
Nice. But it's gonna be the same. Uh, they follow the FCC, basically. So it's gonna be as you guys do in the US. They will do that in Mexico as well. So definitely, uh, that country is, is going into the six gig very hard. Also, Colombia will be the the other player there that also they have very uh, advanced re- regulations. So any moment should be released. And the rest of the countries are quite smaller, but uh, also picking up on this. Yeah. Throughout last year was very promising. December ended up very well. Uh, with this uh, 6 gigahertz so we are expecting this quarter actually very uh, big revelations like approvals finally testing all these things so not that far behind I would say that'd be interesting to see uh, how that plays out but we also like I said you know 5 gig right so this AX stuff is coming in 5 gig as well so that's that would be exciting for everybody for sure for sure so and, and that's kind of the way you know across the world globally i think on most countries now have opened up the indoor bands you know to cover the six gig range you know that came with the 6e uh part of the standards six and e, stuff. Yeah. so you know everyone's sort of done that in a lot of places internationally you're going to be kind of following the the lead as to what the us and the fcc does with afc right um some aren't of course it's just kind of dependent so look up the rules for your region you know, some are going to have pretty heavy ERP limitations. Some are going to have application limitations. Some will just follow in lockstep with us and implement very similar systems, which I'm sure will just be spin off of the existing systems, right? So if you've got a uh, a Qualcomm uh, AFC or Federated or something, I'm sure they're going to be duplicating these for these regions as well because most of the work's already done. So again. Most of this coordination exists because it's mainly to just not interfere with the existing license links that are in this band. You know, in the U.S., uh, for sure, there's a ton of these microwave links uh, that are in that lower part of 6 gig and a good number that are in the upper part of 6 gig. And this AFC is basically trying to or will be preventing the uh, radios that we're using in our space uh, from broadcasting and interfere with those license links, right? So... If we're not seeing the, the test results have been really positive. Like, you know, one of the big fears is it's going to block out whole giant areas where you're not going to use it. Uh, but from everything I've seen so far, it's really promising instead of, you know, it'll cut out a couple of slices here where you can't use, but then you've got the whole rest of the band to use. So at least here in the U.S., you know, we're talking 850 megahertz of spectrum that's opened up for outdoor use. So, you know, it's a tremendous amount of spectrum. Again, we're we're very excited. Uh, we've talked about this in the past, you know, a few times. Well, because we're yeah, we're pumped, and now the equipment is like now the people are actually starting to test with stuff and see what it's starting to do. Now it's like, all right, time to get excited, guys. Let's see what things are going to do. So, yeah, it'd be interesting what other what other hardware vendors do. I mean, obviously, you know, most already has their A6 platform. Haven't really heard much about that and you know how how well it's doing and who's really testing it but even Toronto right it'd be interesting to see if Toronto goes the six gigahertz route because right now it's just CBRS and five gig they're kind of quiet on what what you do on on six I don't know if it was part of their original plan to have six is it something that they're like maybe hey we just have to do it now I mean it could take a year or two just to get FCC certification for the hardware and six gigs if they're just starting now so it'd be interesting to see where that goes as well. Yep, 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 for sure, for sure. So we got that coming, of course, the AX, you know, there's the, the band part of it, the new tech part of it is coming, it's really cool. Um, what are some else some stuff we've been talking yeah, about? I guess also just to add something sure. on the 6 yeah. gig, uh, definitely the, the, the most important thing that, that we follow as a company is that, uh, like, you know, uh, speak to people, teach them not to make the same mistakes that they did in 5 gig. Yeah. You know? yeah. So <laughs> Tell me about really, it. Good really point. <laughs> make sure that they deploy the right gear for what they need 
yeah. uh, to avoid, of course, all the issues with with noise and all these uh, things in towers, all the you know all the negative stuff that we learned already from the five gig. We should not do it in, in six. So part of our work is also to teach the people, speak to them, also be there, you know, as a manufacturer. We definitely did a lot of that, uh, obviously, in, in 5 gig, and that's why, you know, we, we made 5 gigahertz we so it. successful. <laughs> yeah, we saved 5 gig from itself, you know, but yeah, yeah I know in the early days, I mean, I, again, I, I saw some, I think it was like some mimosa testing, you know, with Omnis, and I'm just like, ah, oh, here we go again. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and it's unfortunate, it's unfortunate that most of the, uh, uh, most of the technology that's coming out now for 6 gig and, you know, I mean, this is just the way beamforming goes is, you know, all built again on patch array antennas, right? Which have all these side lobes. And although, you know, they, they, people like to say that they use the side lobes for beamforming, but that's not really how it works. You know, the, 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 the side lobes that are created are really creating noise and dirtying things up. So yeah, that's how they kind of use the beams to kind of focus and shoot some over here, shoot some over there. But you got to remember there's, they, they, they like to show in their spec sheets or in their, and the representations of how it works, this nice little perfectly elliptical node going here or here. And they don't show all the side lobes that are around that, you know, making all that noise. So, um, you know, horns uh, will be fantastic with this, uh, you know, new stuff. You know, beamforming doesn't always have to just happen with a patch array antenna. Uh, hopefully, WISPs will see that early and not, uh, like you said, not destroy the spectrum, especially with... The fact that, you know, they're starting out, everybody wants to run 160 megahertz channels, you know, yeah. that's already, <laughs> I'm dying a little bit inside every time I hear somebody want to do that, you know, um, but uh, that's, that's the thing I, you know, I, I was reading a, some blog that somebody wrote was uh, Matt Larson, right? He wrote a, uh -huh. a really cool, cool blog. And, and one of the, one of the things he was talking about, like the first step is like, stop chasing the hype, right? This, this fucking you know, everybody's racing for this gig to the home kind of a thing. And yeah, I mean, some people need it, but that's not what everybody needs. What we need is good, reliable, you know, sustainable and, you know, stable internet is what people need. Of course, speed is part of it, right? You know, you, we can't be selling one and two five meg packages anymore. Right. But, you know, you're selling 25, 50, 100 meg packages. I mean, that's like 90 plus percent of the people that's more than sufficient for. Um, you know, if you looked at the, um, the pre-sum report, you see that the average house, the average person still utilizes like seven megs. That's it, you know, and we're selling them gig plans and stuff like that. So, you know, if we, if we use spectrum, you know, properly, then, uh, it'll, it'll be around for a long time to use. And I mean, five gig is not dead. I mean, it's still, uh, it's still very, uh, you know, feasible to utilize it. Uh, like I said, I, I'm excited for the cambium 4500 a piece or 4500 series basically the five gigahertz ax stuff um i, I really can't wait uh, to see that stuff come out and see what we can still do in five gig because you know the ax protocol has that you know spectrum piercing or something where it, like you know it just has like little five megahertz slots that go across the entire spectrum um to dance around noise and that's that's gonna be really cool stuff to see how that works yeah it's gonna be really adaptive and and i think we're gonna see a a re uh vitalism or rejuvenation that's the, the fancy five dollar mm -hmm. word i was looking for right yeah. there rejuvenation of uh, the band you know and just being able to yeah. pull a lot more speed and capacity versus what we were before so and then in six you know i mean 
I think we're going to see a ton of usable 80 megahertz channels, I think is where folks are going to settle in on, you know, so yeah, 80 is real sexy, 160, 320, you know, okay, that's a little crazy, right? But, yeah. you know, yeah. there's enough spectrum, and if we use it smartly and don't just shoot ourselves in the foot, then we've got a wide number of 80 meg channels that we can very easily sell, you know, 100 meg plans on and have good capacity, have good ROI, and like all these, you know, things you need to, to be successful in this. So it's going to be going to be real fun times. Looking forward to it. Yeah. And I, I mean, honestly, I mean, we can go beyond 100 meg uh, on an 80 megahertz channel, right? Yeah, so sure. I mean, at 1024 Quam, that's 800 meg, right? Of uh, basic on uh, an 80 megahertz channel that you, that you get, right? So you can easily sell 200, even 300 meg packages on an 80 meg channel. Um, obviously how many is, is another story, but with uh, multi-user Mimo and stuff like that, it really becomes a, a possibility in both five and six gig. And we even have to start talking about, you know, some of the hardware, like, uh, the Cambium, I think it's the 450 V that will basically do like almost carrier aggregation, right? You'll be able to do five and six gigahertz at the same time. So if you, that's the best way to run 160 megahertz channels, like 80 meg and five gig and 80 meg and six gig, you know, none of this. All, all all your eggs in one spectrum basket. Yeah, those are going to be some wild times. So yeah, a lot of really yeah. cool stuff to look forward to for there for sure. So um, getting lots of funding opportunities, kind of looking outside just band stuff. Um, I'm kind of excited to see you know a lot of what Wispa has been doing lately, just trying to to get people on a uh, more sort of um, unified footing. I mean, that's always been the goal, right? And it, it grows yep. and progresses. I think. Well, I've seen we've seen real recently is uh, a lot more push and focus sort of on the state level advocacy and grouping and stuff. So, like, they just did this recent uh, show here in Milwaukee that Tassos was at. So, very good show. Yeah, yeah, because Milwaukee in January, excellent, excellent timing, guys. So, um, <laughs> but it was it was rough. it really wasn't that cold. I mean, honestly, it's it. I saw so it's like in below zero now, right? So, yeah, I mean, it was in the thirties when I was there. So it was perfect. It was perfect weather. But, um, you know, that's where a lot of these, like, battles are really going to be won and fought, you know, because it's like, you know, there there's some doom and gloom about a lot of the funding and competition and stuff like that. But, I mean, realistically, we, we've beat on this so many times in the past is, you know, if you get to understand what your state-level folks, your county, even your, your local municipality-level folks are doing, you're going to find that they're going to be a lot more willing to work with a local operator that understands the area, understands their constituency. Um, my constituency. Oh, yeah, such a good movie. But um, anyways, um, and, you know, is going to be willing to work with you and get past a lot of those pain points than dealing with just some, you know, multinational conglomerate juggernaut for sure. So, yeah. And that's that's where, I mean, a lot of it is flowing. And actually, that was some of the stuff. But again, this, you know, like chasing the gig thing, I think is really from the, the federal level, all that federal money. But now all that, again, that federal money is going down to the state level to dole it out. It's actually sounding like, you know, those gig to the home thing is really not what the states want, right? Or at least, you know, uh, the the local players, you know, the local municipalities, you know, are able to get around that kind of thing and say, look, we just need to deliver good internet we need to deliver it now we need to deliver it to everybody so uh there the this the, the state funded 
money is really where you want to go because that's where you're able to just do what's best and and you know do it your way rather than you know the way some bureaucrats in the federal government have told you it has to be you know they probably have people clicking the mouse for them you know they don't even know how to use the internet but uh anyway yeah it's just it's the state level stuff that's uh really exciting and i think that's where we're really going to make a difference to kind of bridge this digital divide that everybody keeps talking about you know yeah so there'll be a lot more conversation on that at wisp america which is like uh it's a, a month from now month? basically so yeah, yeah. time That's keeps crazy. on ticking baby uh but yeah so that'll be louisville kentucky uh, of course we'll be there full force doing our thing for sure so it'll be it was like did we just do a show i'm like oh no wait those five months I'm ago i'm telling so. you it's flown so fast how about you jorge is the year just like since last year just boom it's gone yeah. and you know it seems like almost the end of the year is going to come again soon you know it's very quick definitely time is flowing like really fast definitely yes. do you guys see any do you guys see any uh like is there any government funding in in latin america as well is there any money flowing into wisps or into internet at all from the you know the government level not really not really the the, the way they operate there is different it's mostly just private companies yeah. putting money into some of the selected operators in different countries but the government uh, in that part is just create their own stuff they don't really fund uh, like operators in the middle of nowhere or in rural areas. So no, no funding. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. We've done a terrible job introducing Jorge here, so I apologize for hands because I'm like it's oh, never no. too late. Yeah, that's <laughs> Jorge, the guy I worked with for a couple years now. Everyone knows him too. So uh, yeah. Jorge, uh, so Jorge handles. Uh, he's one of our product managers. Uh, he handles a lot of the social media stuff. So you'll see him in all of our Latin American videos. You know, he's the, all the YouTube stuff and everything, you know, he's the one doing the main presenting, uh, the webinars and stuff like that. Handles a lot of social media, but is also does a lot of the account management and service and stuff. I mean, for Latin America in, in general. So, uh, and anywhere where they speak Spanish, very yeah, handy. Makes- so. Uh, Jorge, if you want to give us a little bit of your background, you know, how long have you been here? Kind of, you know, what's your background in the space and stuff? Um, yeah. You want to talk about kind of what you've got coming up uh, uh, in relation to podcast stuff and things like that. Yeah, definitely. Well, I uh, I am in this wireless thing for a little bit over a decade now. I started with this, uh, uh, basically, with my first router was like this WRT54. <laughs> the links that everybody knows which one it is. Yeah. And then I used basically all the technologies, Tepalink, then UBNT, and etc. I used to have run a WISP in my country for more than a decade there until I basically joined our filaments and then I just left that to somebody else. So I had plenty of experience in device configurations installing devices in towers because we used to do our own towers and we install our own devices. So I climbed towers many times as well. What was that like? I mean, because for people who don't know, I mean, his home country is Cuba, right? Yeah. So it's pretty interesting there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a really a boom after 2010. Uh, yeah. I don't know how, uh, <laughs> but uh, devices just uh, started entering the country in huge amounts. Yeah. So we have uh, all all the UBNT, uh, all the MicroD clients were really there. Actually, MicroD found out about that and they decided to do a MOOM mm-hmm. in, in Havana in 2016, which is where I met one of the uh, salesperson of our filaments. So uh, we started there. Basically, was our own private thing. I remember the first 
network I had was computer to computer, you know, one LAN cable, 50 meters across the neighborhood. Everything started like that. At the end of the day, we had a tower with dozens of APs there. So we had all the suites of devices you can imagine there. And we really test them to the limit because uh, since we didn't have more devices to keep growing, we started doing like uh, more optimization of the network we had. And that's how we learned all the Mikrotik, all the, uh, you know, router OS, how to really go deep into the network and make it more stable with what we had. So at the end of the day, uh, we were offering uh, packages that were almost 20 megs wow. uh, per customer. Yeah. Everybody was living fairly close, I would say no more than three kilometers. Yeah, yeah. So, and we also did install uh, a few horns as well. <laughs> that they're actually working there. Yeah. Now it's, it's very good, yeah. So, uh, just to follow up, then basically I uh, finished my university in 2018 and then I got the opportunity to come to, to work with other filaments. I met our filaments in 2015, it was the first time. Uh, online in online presence and then I start to really interact with what you were doing because we were facing the same issues you know this amount of devices deployed we were having noise issues all the time but we didn't know what it was so watching the webinars that Tassos was doing I learned that you know hey we were facing that you know and then I slowly start investing more time into our elements. I got to know some of the people online. I started to work in the in the early stages of the RF elements uh, Spanish group. Yeah. At that point, was newborn. Let's call it this way. And then I had the opportunity to come here to Slovakia, where I am now. So, which is very cold, by the way. <laughs> yeah, after <laughs> after buying many jackets and sweaters. Yeah, oh boy, <laughs> you have no idea. I look like an alpinist in the in the mountain with a amount of layers. <laughs> like you're climbing Everest in Rescue this like team. fall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, the, there's no palm trees here. Where, where's the palm yeah, trees? I miss the palm trees definitely. <laughs> Yeah. So tell us about your podcast. I mean, so I mean, how do you see it? Uh, you know, developing there for for Latin America. Yeah. Well, first let's let's say that there yeah. there's going to be a podcast. Oh, yeah. So okay. we, we haven't actually gotten that part yet. So so we're talking internally, and you know, Tassos and I have been doing this for a little while now. Um, but just due to the nature that we're both based in the states, you know, and this is where our entire experience has been. You know, it's easy for us to be sort of you know. U.S. centric, right? Just a, a nature hmm. of you know where we are, and a lot of, like the the technical RF side doesn't really change at all, obviously, right? But you know, a lot of times when you start dealing with funding and regulations and stuff like that, you know, a lot of the stuff doesn't necessarily apply to the rest of the globe. So we talked about it, and we decided we'd like to open up uh, the podcast um, to do for Latin American regions, and you know, a native Spanish speaker obviously helps with that tremendously. So. Uh, we're going to be launching another version of the podcast or an offshoot. Well, we're going to have the mechanics here very yeah. soon. So yeah, we're working we'll, on it. <laughs> we'll make those <laughs> details. details clear when we have details, details, yeah. right? But, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so, and basically it's going to be Jorge just, um, you know, kind of tell us yeah. you know, what you're thinking so far, how how you're going to attack it, how you're going to approach and grow it out. Well, first of all, we have a massive crowd in, in Latin America. There's thousands of followers there. And uh, we're going to start basically interviewing people as well. Uh, and then also inviting them to share not only what they have been doing with our elements, but also their experience in a wireless market. Because there are many of them that easily can be or have been working for over the two decades. So I want that knowledge also to be transmitted to, to the rest of the 
of the crowd because as we know many people that are really still lacking you know a little bit more of education so this is another mean that other elements will use basically to get to those people you know i we understand that people are really overloaded with the online uh webinars and the things we used to do which were very success successful the last two years so now we are going to go also on this format and uh, prepare the content uh, in a different way. Right? The idea behind that is basically the training of people and teaching them, you know, the right how to do deployments based not only from our point of view, but also from their colleagues in the field, you know, from people who are there also installing the, the same devices they're using. Maybe they are living in the same country, so they will familiarize quickly with them. So. We have a bunch of people waiting to participate, so uh, we're going to definitely set up all the details, and I guess we'll start very soon with this uh, this episode as well. So real stay soon, tuned. <laughs> right? Yeah, real yeah. soon. Not uh, us hashtag saying there. Yeah, well. yeah, real soon. So. Yeah, the the interview format. I think uh, we found it, and our, our listeners find it to be um, extremely helpful. I mean, we're going to be doing a lot more of this this year as we've we've kind of got this thing cranked back up on our side. We're just getting a lot of uh, interviews and stuff scheduled out. So, Hey, if you want to be a part of the, our version, the current version as is now, or you want to be interested in talking to Jorge uh, for his version of the podcast, please um, reach out to us. I mean, we can be found everywhere. Any platform. Yeah. Any platform, Basically, any platform, social media, we are there paying closely attention to, to what's going on. Yep. So, RF Elements English, RF Elements uh, Espanol. Uh, Espanol, yeah. Yeah, there's a ton of folks <laughs> there. So, yeah. I mean, you can also find us, I mean, Tassos, uh, and then I, you know, super easy to find. So, well, very cool. I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be a great experience for everyone, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. So, I will I will definitely uh, put the sherry on top of the cake here to um, basically say a quick message to our perhaps viewers yeah. of the, Do it. in Spanish to the uh, in, in this podcast right so uh, I open parenthesis now eh, <laughs> amigos bueno todas las personas que nos están escuchando para acá en este podcast en inglés eh, por favor estén atentos vamos a estar lanzando un podcast en idioma español si están interesados en contar su historia eh, su experiencia en el terreno eh, va a ser muy valioso para los demás amigos que están también en la misma línea ¿no? de esta de telecomunicación entonces eh, por favor, contáctenos si desean participar. Muchísimas gracias. Awesome. Basically, it's an invitation letter. Let's call yeah. it this way. <laughs> yeah. So, very cool. Well, that's all I've got right now. Toss us anything else you really want to get into now. Like I said, we've got a lot coming up this year in the podcast. I mean, we use a lot of really cool stuff. So, looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, basically, just Wisp, uh, Wisp America, right? So, looking forward to that coming up here soon. Hopefully, we see a lot of you out there. Um, like Caleb said, you know, we're. We're building our uh, list of people to, to be on the show. So, I mean, if you're in Kentucky for Wisp America, stop by our booth. If you want to be on the show, let us know. Uh, we'd love to have you on. All right, all right. Anyone else okay. that won't be there, where can they find us, Tassos? They can find us everywhere on social media, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, they can find uh, information and contact information on our website, rfelements.com. You can go on our forum, rfelab.com, or in our Facebook groups like RF Elements English, Espanol, and RF Elements Proper. All right, all right. Well, good to be back, and I guess we'll be talking to everyone here again real soon. So until then, y'all be good. See Bye. you next time. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Take care. Ciao. Bye. Ciao, everybody. Ciao. Bye. Bye. Adios. Adios. Adios, amigos. Bye.